you know, in this material world, there are periods of time, as we know, seconds, minutes, days, weeks, months, years, centuries, etc. And on a grand scale, there's long, long periods of time, which are known as yugas. In Kali Yuga, the modes of passion and ignorance are dominant. They control people. And the mode of passion especially is the disturbing mode or influence upon us. We've talked about the modes of nature previously. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're always in anxiety. We're always agitated. Our senses are agitated. Therefore, it agitates our mind, et cetera, et cetera. And so, who's peaceful now? It's the hustle and bustle, the rat race. But where did the rat race and the hustle bustle come from? From us. We're disturbed. We're looking for more enjoyment, more sensual pleasures. You know, we need more things in life. So what used to be an absolute luxury is now a necessity. You know, our whole vision of, of how to live and what is necessary to live and how to find happiness has completely changed. You know, which, but we're in huge anxiety because of it. Happy to have you here with us. This is Ruben and uh, the Breaking Trail podcast, where you learn to navigate life's journey through ancient wisdom. And in today's talk, we'll take a closer look at Kali Yuga, the age that we're living in, which is described in the Vedas as the age of chaos, quarrel and confusion. They, you know, if we always try to jump around and don't tell them what they need to hear, then they never hear it. You know, at least they hear it and then they can accept, reject, take a part of it, never come back, whatever. But, you know, it's our duty to, to give them the opportunity. Mm. If we're always worrying about blowing people out, then we'll just tell them to go to the bar every night. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's my... Look at Bhaktivedanta. He came and he just talked straight up. In the middle of the hippie era, I mean, hedonism was at the highest level it had ever been previously. You know, and he just went right in the middle of it, man. He went to Haight-Ashbury and just tell her, telling these guys, you guys are animals. <laughs> and he got tens of thousands of people following him. You know? Exactly. I mean, he initiated exactly. 10,000 people. Exactly. And thank all the ones who just came and, you know, didn't get initiated, but, you know, he gave lectures and filled up halls and mm. wrote books and people bought them and read them. I mean, he wasn't afraid mm. to give people the truth because that's what he came here for. Yeah, exactly. And if and if people want something else than the truth, then they can, there are many, 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 many other podcasts one can listen to to just have fun and to... Of get course, into, yeah, get yeah. I mean, this is... Divert one's attention. Yeah, this is, this is you know, what... What some people want to hear. Yeah. You know, if Prabhupada had come to me and told me a bunch of other stuff, I probably wouldn't have stayed around. Because <laughs> hmm. I was looking for philosophy, man. I wanted to hear the real deal. Exactly. And I wasn't exactly. looking for the chanting. I mean, if he had just chanted and basically no philosophy, I wouldn't have stayed around either. Because I was looking for philosophy. I wanted to know what was what. You know, yeah. and I was reading books and thing, and when he started speaking, everything I'd read just faded away because I knew, well, here's something way superior to anything else. <laughs> so, yeah. 
you know, that's that's how I see it. You know, that's that's. Uh, I mean, Anya told me as well, a good friend from Trondheim. She said like she was never even interested in yoga or anything. Like she just wanted the philosophy, because she'd been asking priests and everything about the deeper questions of life, but never got any satisfying answers. Was, right. Yeah. You know, and it's not like. It's not a, it's not, it's not, it's not a mystery. But I guess there's a line between like, where, or is there a line between where things are mystery or because you at some point you can't understand everything with your mind, so you have to accept some things. But in the in the same way you have, well, no, but at least that's true. But at least you hear it, you know, and Mm. then you can say, well, this is interesting. This is attractive, and what is the same Bhagavad Gita? The demons will never surrender to Krishna. You know, they're always going to find fault. You know, but the pious, and there's a few of those people left, or the people who are in, uh, you know, distress, who isn't, who that is, who isn't that, you know. And uh, so on, then, then they they are open. Yeah, I just got an email from Rosalila in Sydney. No, she's Melbourne, excuse me, Australia. And some persons just started coming around to their programs. And he he was just so burned out on hedonistic life that he tried to commit suicide, but it didn't work somehow. And so in the midst of all that, he decided to just turn to God. And so he went to the Christian church because he was raised kind of in a Christian background. But he didn't like it because all they presented God as was a fearsome old man, you know, and sending people to hell and that kind of thing. And he it just didn't ring true with him. He thought, he said, I don't believe that. And somehow he came to a kirtan and started hearing our philosophy, and he just jumped in. Now he's listening to lectures. He's doing japa every day. He's... You know, he's full on, but it had to be something he heard that was different than what he'd heard before. So he heard you know, I, hedonism was the way, and he, he knew that wasn't true. So anyway. The, there's there's a similar story about this this uh, friend of mine from, from I, I I got to know him in Trondheim when I was there now. Well, there there was a lady who started coming to the meditation classes by our friends there. So she started coming. She was talking about her um, boyfriend, but she said like he 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 wasn't never interested. Like he he didn't want to come. He wasn't attracted to uh, to to our teachings or or the meditations. And then she she was going to go to retreat, and for some reason or another, like he he came along to the retreat, the meditation retreat that we had or they had in Trondheim. And uh, once there, he started listening to Charya Das, who's a, who's a friend of yours, I know, from 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 old. And so, uh, and he was really interested. Like that spoke, sparked his interest. And from from then, he's he's coming to meditation classes. He came with me on this road trip up north with all the guys, and just really, yeah, really interested in going deeper. But that's again, like, you know, you you, I guess you see that there's something more because you're looking at. You know, in all like you're lifting all different kinds of rocks. You know, <laughs> looking underneath here is could it be here? Could it be here? And then, when you don't find it, then you go somewhere else. So, if you're if you're inquisitive, that's what you'll do. And I think that's 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 where I was as well. Like I wasn't in such big distress like some other people might. Like that might be the main reason that they want to um, 
engage in some sort of spiritual life, but I was more inquisitive. That was my, I just wanted to know. As you know, I had a lot of questions. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, but anyways, <laughs> what was the point? Um, what was the point that we were, where, where, how, how do we get into that? Oh, by, you know, just not being afraid to oh, right, say what right. needs to be said. <laughs> Tell the philosophy and, <laughs> you know, I mean, some things, yeah, you don't push it down people's throat or try to blow them out. But at the same time, you're not always trying to tiptoe through the tulips and afraid to say anything. But that, that's like, so in this talk today, that's what I wanted to to do, which for me is, for me is a relief. Like as an environmental engineer, I've always had it, we've talked about it before, environment and nature and taking care of nature. And I'd like us to like, maybe go deeper into that some, some talk, but my wish has always been to take care of and give back to mother earth and, and, and struggling with the and meeting this, um, imperfection of the world you know trying trying to struggle to make it perfect and to make it better and to make it better but then the knowledge that we'll present in this podcast today is something that really helped me to understand like that <laughs> yeah to, to just get a little perspective on that like it's not going to be perfect and there's a reason for it <laughs> you know it's the time we're living in this yeah i mean you can <laughs> yeah it's what it is Okay, so have we already started? <laughs> We've started. We're on the way. <laughs> Unofficial start. <laughs> We're on the way. So, so maybe you can introduce us to the to, to what I just said, like what what time is it now? I mean, maybe we can introduce us to the idea of Kali Yuga. <clears throat> yeah, what what time period is it in the creation, not what time is it today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of us. <laughs> not, not so long discussion about that. <laughs> Um, yes. But, you know, in this material world, there are periods of time, as we know, seconds, minutes, days, weeks, months, years, centuries, etc. And on a grand scale, there's long, long periods of time, which are known as yugas. And there are four distinct yugas, which are always rotating in a cycle just like the four months of the year rotate in a cycle. And so the first yuga is called the Satya Yuga, and it lasts a very, very long time. And people that live during the Satya Yuga live extremely long lives. And they are very spiritually advanced. And opulence is present everywhere. So, materially speaking, this is as good as it ever gets in the material world, this period of time, Satya Yuga. Mm. But all these Yugas have a certain duration, and then it automatically transfers to the next Yuga. Just like winter, spring, summer, and fall always go around and around and around. You can't hold on to summer all, all the year, you know, it just goes into autumn and then it goes into winter and so on. So the next yuga after Satya Yuga is Treta Yuga. Satya Yuga is actually called the Golden Age. 
because everything is so perfect. And uniquely enough, gold is the most prevalent metal. Opulence is present everywhere. Well, and this was here on Earth, just to like go back one step. Like this is going on yeah, here yeah, on yeah. this planet. This, 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 this is planet Earth I'm talking about. And then after the golden age of Satya Yuga comes the Treta Yuga. And this is characterized as the Silver Age. And people live shorter lives, and the, the spiritual uh, perfection decreases somewhat, and a little vice enters into society. And then after that comes the Dwapara Yuga, which is again shorter in duration. People's lives are less perfect. And vice increases, and so on. And then the final of the four is the Kali Yuga. And this is the age we live in now. We're living in the Kali Yuga. And it's known as the Iron Age. The Dupara Yuga is known as the Bronze Age, or excuse me, Copper Age. And then the Kali Yuga is the Iron Age. So we've gone from gold to silver to copper to iron. So you can see things are going downhill. And if you reflect, I mean, iron is the most prevalent metal in the Kali Yuga. If you got a little piece of gold, you know, on your finger or around your neck or something, it's a big deal. You know, if you got a little gold coin here or there stashed away and whatever. And the Kali Yuga is known as the age of quarrel, chaos, and confusion. It's the Iron Age for two reasons. One is iron is the most prevalent metal. And the second reason is people's hearts in the Kali Yuga are basically like iron. You know, very little compassion, very little mercy, very little love in the Kali Yuga. It's really a hard age. So therefore, it's known as the age of quarrel, chaos, and confusion. And if you look on planet Earth right now everywhere, everybody's quarreling, it's chaos everywhere, confusion everywhere. You know, you can just say anything and somebody wants to argue with you. You know, it's called the age of hair splitting sophistry. You know, you say That's something, great. somebody says, well, wait, wait a minute, I don't agree. You know, I got another, you know, opinion on it and so on. So religion also, which means true religion, not just religions like sectarian belief systems, but I mean true uh, religion being that direction for mankind that's presented in the Vedic scriptures. And, and the, the conduct that mankind should uh, abide by and so on like this has basically deteriorated to a point where it's almost non-existent. You know, very few people live their life according to a superior instruction and authority. They just do what they want to do. Yeah, and find our own compass in life. like. <laughs> yeah, and make up their own religions, you know. Well, my religion is this, you know. So the the fastest growing religion on the planet right now is is atheism. You know, there is no religion, there is no God, there is no authority. I'm the authority. You know, and of course, following the mind and the senses, one just progresses more and more in hedonism. You know, instead of theism. So that's Kali Yuga. That's where we're at right now. And, and how, how long are these ages, approximately? Just to give some perspective. Yes, like. Uh, I forget the exact 
number of years in the the Satya Yuga, but it's 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 a lot, like for about a hundred and eighty something thousand years or something. I mean, a hundred one million eight hundred and something thousand, and yeah. then yeah. Treta Yuga is a step down, maybe a hundred and twenty eight million, one million two hundred eighty thousand or something, and then uh, Dwapara Yuga is. Uh, eight hundred and sixty-four thousand, and Kali Yuga is And Kali Yuga started five thousand years ago. So remaining in the Kali Yuga is four hundred twenty-seven thousand years in front of us. And as as things progress things deteriorate more and more and more. So we're just in the beginning stages of it's deterioration, like you know. But already it's progressed quite far, you know. And, you know, we can see just in the last year, you know, things have progressed quite rapidly, just in the last year, you know. Yeah. And, and so much distress and chaos, confusion, you know, right now on the planet, there's so many conflicts, open conflicts going on, racial conflicts, national conflicts, religious conflicts. And I mean, like in, you know, this conflict in between Israel and Palestine right now. Exactly. And on and on it goes, you know. And so it, it's anybody that wants to deny that these characteristics of Kali Yuga that I described aren't present would have to be blind. <laughs> they, would, they would just... And people are very short-lived in the Kali Yuga, see? Mm -hmm. People in Satya Yuga live so long. Each Yuga, people live shorter, see? So, and I can give some figures. People, you know, hearing this probably won't accept it because we base everything on our personal experience or what we can believe to be true in our own minds rather than taking it from authority. But in Satya Yuga... The average lifespan of a human is 100,000 years. And in the Treta Yuga, it's 10,000 years. In the Drupara Yuga, it's 1,000 years. In the Kali Yuga, it's 100 years. And now, very few people live to be 100. I was going to say, that's <laughs> it's less than that. But that's, that's pretty much maximum. If people were doing what they should be doing, that would be the average age would be 100. But we're not doing what we should be doing. And so therefore, it's whatever. You know, the average age in Russia, a couple of years ago, I saw a report was 56 for a male. Wow. No, 59, I think it was. In the, and in the polluted cities, you know, where there's a lot of factory and whatever, it was 49. You know, so we've cut it basically in half just by our lifestyles, you know, and, and what we're doing to planet Earth and so on. But you can see we're in a, a pretty difficult age right now. You know, I got a little thing here I can read. Uh, <clears throat> it says, people in the Kali Yuga are short-lived, always harassed by disease, and are born with a weak psyche and physique. They are handicapped from the outset. So who can deny that our psyche is not very weak? You know, I mean— Everything, no, it can deny that it's weak. It is weak. They can't oh, yeah. deny that it's weak. That is weak. I mean, any little thing happens and we just fly apart. 
You know, look at all the depressions and anxieties and suicides. We talk about suicide so often because it's just so prevalent that this is an indication of something wrong. Something's really wrong here. And suicides are just increasing on and on and on. Again, in 2020, COVID, you know, they put people in lockdowns or quarantines, isolation, basically, and so on, and people just fell apart. You know, we've talked about that a lot. I mean, we just can't handle very much psychically. Well, I, I guess because like we're we're not very resilient, like we're it's very dependent on the external conditions, and if the external conditions are working nicely, like in our favor, then our psyche can sort of be okay. But if there's an external something, you know, then yeah, 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 any difficulty just puts us on our back, yeah. and you know. Also, physically, we're weak. I mean, we may think I'm, I go to the gym, I work out, I'm real strong. But actually, you know, in the other yugas, you know, if you know how those people were physically, I mean, we're like little weaklings, you know. And, you know, there's so much disease with the cancers and the diabetes and now this COVID story and, you know, on and on it goes. I mean, there's so much disease. So it's Kali Yuga. I mean, that's, that's what it is. <clears throat> religion has declined. See, the religious principles, practices, that being a focal point in people's lives has just basically disappeared, you know. And irreligion has just grown up. It's just increased many, many times over. Mm. So that's that's... Kali Yuga, that's that's what we're dealing with. And that's that's not that's like because some people call that like a negative approach or like I mean like that's not meant to to be I mean that's just the truth of things, right? It's not like meant as a pessimistic, you know, things are if you know that this is not our home and if you if you think that this is our this is our home, then that's really pessimistic news. But if you know that we have an eternal home that is different from this home, then well, yeah, I mean, just like saying, you know, when it's going to get cold this winter and freeze and, you know, there's going to be a real difficult storm cycle and, and so on and so on. You say, oh, that's so pessimistic, you know. <laughs> it's not pessimistic, it's just reality. You know, that's what's going to go down. And, you know, you, you prepare for it. You understand, oh, it's winter. Of course it's cold. Oh, it's winter. It's snowing. Gee, no, you say, yeah, it's winter, of course, no problem. And you're prepared with clothes and heat in your house, and you put winter tires on your vehicle, and, you know, you you put antifreeze in your radiator that'll go down to a very low temperature, and you just prepare for it, and then you just deal with it properly. You know, so people are always, you know, thinking, you know, oh, let's think positive. Let's think it won't get cold this winter. It gets cold anyway. You know, but you didn't prepare because you think, oh, I, I can stop winter from coming. You know, so you suffer because of it. So we're not we're not positive thinkers. We're not negative thinkers. We're just realities. See, we just talk the realities of what's going on. So it's like that in Kali Yuga. This is what's going down. You you can't change that. Like that's the cycle that it's it's gonna there's gonna be. So we can only prepare ourselves and with all the yeah 
And so, you know, you you uh, sent me this quote from this wonderful Vedic scripture that we uh, study, you know, in our bhakti yoga process, Srimad Bhagavatam. And uh, this is sometimes described as the ripened fruit of the Vedas, you know, because the essence of, of this Vedic knowledge is contained in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Mm. So it describes all these things in the Srimad Bhagavatam. We don't make this up, you know. We're not formulating anything. We're just, you know, receiving the knowledge, accepting the knowledge, and, you know, trying to pass it to other people to have the same opportunity that we have. Yeah. Just, just, just give me one second, Malachi. I'm just gonna put my cell phone somewhere else. Yeah. So, and this is from the first canto of the Shrimad Bhagavatam. It's different cantos of the or sections of the yes. Srimad Bhagavatam, and this is. This is from the first canto. And there's a verse that says, O learned one, in the iron age of Kali, men have but short lives. They are quarrelsome, lazy, misguided, unlucky, and above all, always disturbed. That's, <laughs> that's the condition of men in the Kali Yuga. See, the Iron Age. So what are they again? Quarrelsome, lazy, and this means spiritually lazy, also materially lazy. But you could say, oh, this guy is so industrious, you know, he's, he's always doing things and trying to get ahead and so on. He's not lazy, but he's lazy spiritually. He's lazy in self-realization. He's not interested, you know, and even if he kind of gets involved a little bit. He's just lazy. He doesn't follow the, the process, you know. Misguided. It'll talk about this in a moment. Unlucky. And above all, always disturbed. We're always disturbed. One of the reasons we're always disturbed is because in Kali Yuga, the modes of passion and ignorance are dominant. They control people. And the mode of passion especially is the disturbing mode or influence upon us. We've talked about the modes of nature previously. Mm. And so, you know, we're always in anxiety. We're always agitated. Our senses are agitated. Therefore, it agitates our mind, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And so who's peaceful now? I mean, who's sitting around just really peacefully going through life? Very few. Mm-hmm. It's the hustle and bustle, the rat race. But where did the rat race and the hustle bustle come from? From us. We're disturbed. We're looking for more enjoyment, more sensual pleasures. You know, we have, need more things in life. So what used to be an absolute luxury is now a necessity. You know, our whole vision of, of how to live and what is necessary to live and how to find happiness has completely changed. You know, which, but we're in huge anxiety because of it. You know, who is not in debt? Very few people. You know, we got these beautiful things called credit cards, you know, and people just live on plastic. You know, it's a plastic, fantastic world. And you just, 
you know, spend money you don't have and probably never will have, you know, because it's easy. And they, by design, have created a society that makes us totally indebted to those who have the money, the banks and the lenders and, you know, we've become slaves of our own doing. See, because we want it, we need it. They advertise, they encourage us, you need this, you need that, buy this, buy that's Kali That's Kali Yuga stuff, yeah. And we want to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. You know, they got a new car, I want one too. You know, oh, it's trendy to have, you know, these kind of clothes. Oh, you already got clothes you can't even wear. No, but they're not in style now. I need other ones, you know. Got a good car, yeah, but it's not a, the one I want. You know, it's not the newest one or it doesn't have these features or on and on the story goes. And, and, and again, I think a lot of it is subconscious, like you're saying with the modes of nature. Like it's not that we always like consciously think like that, but I think it subconsciously affects us more than we more than we like to think. Oh, yeah. And, and all the people that are, you know, affecting us in, in these various ways are under that same mode. You know, I mean, they make money off of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's an agenda here. You know, it's <laughs> not they're doing it for our welfare. It's doing it for their welfare. You know, if I'm selling something and I can, you know, through advertising and setting trends and getting the cool people to mm. promote it, you know, make more money, then I will. You know. That's, so people just become the victims of others who are the victims of their own self or others above them. And it's just the world of dog eat dog, you know, you know, the haves and the have nots, however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so this is this is common in Kali Yuga. See, there's no compassion. There's no mercy. You know, there's no love. You don't care if somebody's going to suffer as long as you get what you want. And there you go. Yeah. So let's read this purport from this verse I just read. Let me read the verse one more time. O learned one, in this iron age of Kali, men have but short lives. They are quarrelsome, lazy, misguided, unlucky, and above all, always disturbed. And so, uh, my spiritual master, Bhaktivedanta Swami, actually writes purports or commentaries on the verses in the Srimad Bhagavatam to give us more insight into it, to explain it in more depth, you know, expand on it a lot. Because that, that's that's one point. Just I just wanted I just quickly like thought about that that the Srimad Bhagavatam as well as the Bhagavad Gita the verses are there like in the original verse version the verses are like they are and then you have different you know spiritual masters giving purport to that but the which is different from any other scripture that I know of at least like the original text is there as it is and then you yeah yeah and you know it's been translated from the original Sanskrit, which it was mm -hmm. spoken in and written down in, into English, which has again been retranslated into many, many, many different languages. So it, it's authentic. It's been passed down through a line of perfect, true light, realized masters. So it's nobody injecting their opinions. 
See, it's, it's, it's the absolute purest knowledge. And so if we can receive that, then we're not unlucky, we're lucky. So, the devotees of the Lord are always anxious for the spiritual improvement of the general public. See, these are the spiritual masters, the true teachers, those who actually do have compassion and are truly merciful and loving. See, they're the devotees of the Lord who are always anxious for the spiritual improvement of the general public. See, not many people are looking for spiritual improvement. It's material improvement. So it's a very unique niche here. When the sages of Naimashiranya analyzed the state of affairs of the people in this age of Kali, they foresaw that men would live short lives. There was a group of sages, you know, 2,000 years ago that gathered in this uh, holy place of pilgrimage in, known as Naimashiranya to actually... What can we do to help the people in Kali Yuga? See, they were actually meeting for that purpose. And they foresaw that the men will live short lives. In Kali Yuga, the duration of life is shortened, not so much because of insufficient food, but because of irregular habits. By keeping regular habits and eating simple food, any man can maintain his health. Overeating, over-sense gratification, over-dependence on another's mercy, and artificial standards of living sap the very vitality of human energy. Another whole concept that people kind of don't realize, they miss it. See, the, the, the Vedic scriptures give the guidelines, how you should live, how you should eat the habits you should have, the habits you should avoid. See, regulated lifestyle is very important. See, but because of, of irregular habits, you see, by keeping regular habits and eating simple food, any man can maintain his health. Hmm? Because the body's designed to be healthy. It's not designed to be sick. See? So if we follow the Vedic system, the yoga system, it's, it's, it's the pure system of yoga, then that includes every part of life, you know, eating, eating simple food. But most people today say, oh, it's too, too bland, it's too simple. We want very elaborate food, very spicy foods, very rich foods. And of course, then you add in the, you know, constant taking in of meat and all these things. And it, it actually, you know, destroys one's health. You know, and I was just speaking to Frank this morning, by the way, and he's, as an Ayurvedic doctor, we're just helping him, who is helping him. And, and he said that the Ayurvedic doctor has said, like, the main thing that Frank is, is going to do, because he's struggling a bit with this, quite a bit with his health, is uh, habits. Habits. Like, a habit through the day is, is supposedly going to help balance even the hormones physically in the body. Because all the body organs, like, get knows when to work you know because they're meant to work in different times of the day and then you do different things at the same time at that times of the day like that's how it's meant to be you know it's, it's... yeah that's right that's how it's designed you're supposed to get up at a regular time and do your practices at a regular time your meditations your 
exercises, etc. Eat at a certain time. You know, do your work at a certain time. Regular, a very regular schedule. You know, and then your body becomes regular. You know, and that's part of health. And the and the the yoga teaching stresses this a lot. You know, and over-dependence on another's mercy. See, we're always hoping somebody else will help us, etc. You know, rather we should be dependent on the Supreme Lord and His His guidelines and His gifts of of guidance are, you know, His help for us. We should. That's the, His mercy. That's it. It's not like, you know, something coming out of the sky in some mysterious way. You know, if He's telling us what to do and not do. That's mercy. That's helping us live the life we're supposed to live. See? But we're over-dependent on another's mercy. And artificial standards of living. See? Artificial standards of living. You know, it's not the way man should live. It's the way man does live. You know? And what does this do? It says it saps the very vitality of human energy. You know? So there you go. Vitality of energy. So, what can you expect, you know, from life? Disease is just waiting for that opportunity, you know. And people have to take all kind of stimulants to get energy. They got to drink coffee in the morning. They got to drink, you know, all these energy drinks that have flooded the market, and you know, the the producers are making huge money. Yeah, I remember when Red Bull was the first one, uh-huh. first energy drink. And it became very popular and still is. It's probably number one. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the guy who started Red Bull, when he died, he left behind $4 billion just on Red Bull, you know, very lucrative. Because people don't have energy. They want energy. They want more energy. They don't feel good and, and so on and so on. So anyway, this is all artificial. It, it, it saps the vitality of human life. So, so you're adding that instead of taking away those things that, that is sapping your vitality. And then you have to constantly refill yourself with that boost of energy instead of, because you, you, you're taking it away by the different things that you do. Yeah, the body's designed to be very energetic, but your body gets all gummed up, you know, yeah. gummed up with all kinds of junk stuff that we put in there. You know, and it just takes the energy away. And then you've got to stimulate it with all these uppers and, you know, energy drinks and coffees and whatever, whatever. So it's an artificial way to live, see. It's, it's, it's not supposed to be like that. Therefore, the duration of life is shortened. Because, you know, if you live right, then you don't shorten your life. The people of this age are also very lazy, not only materially, but in the matter of self-realization. See, that's what I was saying, you know, they're very, very lazy in, in self-realization. Oh, I don't feel like it. I don't want to do it. We can find all kinds of excuses, even if we supposedly are going to do some spiritual practices. We got all kinds of excuses. Oh, I can't do it today. I don't feel good. I'm too tired, I went to bed too late last night, I can't get up early, you know, uh, I got something else to do, uh, or I'd rather do something else, and 
whatever, whatever, you know. So we're very lazy as far as spiritual realization goes. But, but that goes together with us. Like we want, we've spoken about that before. Like we want satisfaction now. It's very hard for us to plan and like set off some time now to have a better future like afterwards. And yeah. Self-realization is not popular. <laughs> it's definitely not popular in Kali Yuga. You know, instant sense gratification, you know, stimulating the senses and all that takes away from introspection and even being interested in self-realization. You know, and so it's, it's, it's all part of the Kali Yuga consciousness. Mm. The human life is especially meant for self-realization. That is to say, man should come to know what he is, what the world is, and what the supreme truth is. That's the human form of life's design. That's the purpose. The soul gets all kinds of different bodies according to its desires and karma and so on. See, so in all those lower forms of life, the animals and the plants and the insects and the reptiles and the aquatics and so on, they have no facility for self-realization. I mean, they just don't have that capacity. They're, they're basically guided by instinct, you know. But even allowing themselves to be guided by the instincts of nature, they eat right, they eat what they're supposed to eat, they go to bed when they're supposed to. They get up when they're supposed to. They, you look at animals. They live a very regulated life, very regulated. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, they're doing better than we are. And you can say a dog lives about 15 or 20 years. And you look, dogs live about 15 or 20 years. You know, they don't die at five because they ate too much or Unless they've got was, owners and over. I was going to say that, unless there are humans around that are <laughs> ruining their... Ruining their life. But, but let's go out into nature where the humans aren't in control, you know. And you look at the deer or, you know, the moose and all those guys, and they just have a very regulated life. They know when to do what. They know when to eat. They know when to sleep. They know where to sleep and how to protect from the cold and, you know when to mate and everything. They're regulated. It's man that has this amazing intelligence and mental facility that just goes off the rails, you know, because now man is in control. Nature's still in control, but we think we're in control. So we're not guided by the internal, you know, clock of nature. We're guided by our desires, you know, and our sensual demands and etc and the influences of the other people around us dictate so therefore you know we don't live a regulated life we're not using the human form of life for self-realization we're using the human form of life for advanced animal life because it explains in, in the scriptures that this, animals have four propensities eating sleeping mating and defending all animals have this. They eat, they sleep, they mate, and defend. And as we were just kind of referring to, in a regulated way. Well, man is just a glorified animal. What sets man apart is this mental and intellectual facility. 
the, the ability to ask questions, to make choices, you know, to do things to change the environment or the, or the situation we're in or whatever. Mm. Mm. But we, we don't, and that's meant for self-realization, but instead we use it just to live a glorified animal life. So we eat all kinds of exotic foods and foods that aren't good for us and genetically modified and, you know, filled with, with all kind of preservatives and so on, food and food that has no nutrition in it, but it tastes good and so on. So we, we glorify the eating according to what we our tongue desires. And we sleep, you know, in glorified ways, right? Oh, we have our nice certain kind of bed, you know. It used to be water beds long ago. That was a big rage, you know. Everybody was sleeping in water beds. And then there's something else and something else, you know, vibrating beds and heated beds. and But it's, it's still sleeping, you know. And the perfect bedroom with the piped-in music and whatever, whatever. But it's still sleeping. And then mating, you know, not for procreation, but just for enjoyment and all kind of, you know, ways that, you know, really are just creations of ours to enhance the experience, you know. And then defending with atomic weapons, you know, and all kind of smart bombs and, you know, advanced ways to defend, Rather than, like, than you know, just or, or or like my territory, like with the the wife and the in the family, you know, you're like this is mine, and I'm gonna oh, defending in that way, I mean, get off my property. Not with the wife, but I mean, you know, yeah, this is mine. Yeah. Leave it alone. Don't touch it. Yeah. So anyway. That's that's what we've done with the human form of life. It's not being used for its intended purpose, self-realization. Like I say, self-realization is not popular now. You know, it's like just not. It's not on, on the priority list for most people. Hmm? That is to say, man should come to know what he is. See, what he is. What are you? You're a spirit soul, you know eternal part and parcel of the supreme soul. But we don't know that. We think, I am a human, you know, and then all the other labels. I am Norwegian, you know. I am male. I am, you know, young. I am married. I'm father of three kids. I am whatever, whatever. Um, by the way, I'm being Norwegian. Today, everyone is writing messages to me saying congratulations. And then I'm like, it's not even my... Because today is seventeenth of May, which is Norwegian's constitutional day, you know. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm Swedish, you know. Even if you, <laughs> why would I? <laughs> yeah, anyway, I was just, oh, yeah. It's like we're Norwegian, seventeenth of May. We're, yeah. That's. Uh... I mean, that's the trouble over there in in Israel and Palestine now. I'm Israeli. I'm a Jew. I'm a. Exactly you know, Palestinian, and I'm a Muslim, you know. So, therefore, we got a big conflict here. You know, well, this is my land. I'm kicking you off. You know, it's mine. No, I've been living here for, you know, hundreds of years. No, no, this is mine. And it's just all this false possession and bodily identification and 
et cetera, et cetera. You know, a self-realized soul would say, okay, you're a spirit soul and this Jewish Israeli body, and I'm, you know, a spirit soul and this Arab Muslim, you know, Palestinian body. But hey, we're all brothers. We're, we're still all spirit souls, children of God. You know, you have your way to worship. We have our way to worship. I respect yours. You respect mine. You know, it's all God's property. If you want to live, I'm not trying to take your property away. You should respect mine and let's coexist peacefully, you know. And it, it has been like that. But then, you know, people come and stir it up. And therefore, we got people dying and suffering and homes destroyed and buildings destroyed and lives destroyed and, you know, hatred just, you know, going out the roof and whatever. That's not human life. You know, that's animal life, but on a human level, you know, with the mind to make it really bad. And that's very dangerous because we have a very advanced capability with our minds, with the bombs and the, yeah. the weapons. Yeah, the... sure. You know, torture and whatever, whatever, you know. So, uh, so man should know what he is, what the world is. You know, the world is you know, part of God's material creation, you know, and we're on one planet in this one universe, and, you know, it's a place where we have been placed in this lifetime, you know, and this facility here for spiritual realization, and the world and everything material, including our bodies, is temporary, you know, but we, the spirit soul, is eternal. In other words, this understanding you know, with knowledge, you have knowledge of what the world is. You know, it's it's a it's a arena, a theater where I can actually act out my role as God's servant and gain spiritual knowledge and truth, and you know, advance in my relationship with the Supreme Lord. That's what the world is. You know, it's inhabited by a lot of different people in different kinds of bodies. They're all citizens of planet Earth, just like I am. Should all be respected, you know, and taken care of, not exploited, and on and on. In other words, it's with knowledge you know what the world is and what the supreme truth is. You know, I've just mentioned a few of the ideas about supreme truth. You learn that from those who know the truth. You don't learn what the supreme truth is from the ignorant people. You learn it from those who know. So the Supreme Lord and his scriptures and his representatives give us that information of what the supreme truth is. Uh, human life is meant, no, excuse me, human life is a means by which the living entity can end all miseries of material existence, which arise in the hard struggle for existence and by which he can return to Godhead, his eternal home. Yeah. So that's what human life is. It's a means by which the living entity can end all miseries of material existence, which arise in the hard struggle for existence. You know, we're all struggling to survive. You've got to eat every day. You've got to clothe yourself. You've got to deal with the ups and downs of life every day. You're struggling just to not die. Everybody's trying not to die, you know. 
And we think of that struggle where existence is only when there's some dire situation. You know, you're thrown in an ocean and you're, you know, trying to not drown. Or, but we're all struggling every day. We're struggling with our desires and our emotions and our, you know, feelings and our, you know, sensual demands and other people's and the mind and the body are always giving us trouble, etc. We'll we'll have a, a, a program on that one time about the threefold miseries, you know. So that that's reality, you know. Everybody's struggling, but we can end all this struggling as long as we're in the material world. That's how it is. But we can end all of this by this self-realization and, and learn how to return to Godhead, our eternal home, the spiritual world. See, not this temporary material world, but the eternal spiritual world, which is our original home. That's where we began, and that's where we need to return to, you know. So we came from there, and we should return there, back home. You know, I mean, the, the phrase going back home actually means I've been there before. <laughs> you know, that's my home. And uh, so human life gives us that opportunity. If we use it as it's intended, see. But due to a bad system of education, see, we're not educated in this truth. <clears throat> so a bad system of education. See, we're not taught any of the things we've been discussing right now in school. See, in fact, they don't allow it. It's against the rules of the school. You can't speak these things in school, you know. You have to only be able to present material information. <clears throat> and if it goes anywhere, in, even in the direction of a spiritual discourse, it's banned. Hmm? Exactly. So what can we expect to learn in our institutions of education. But, but, but the, I mean, it's not even, I mean, learning who you are, that you're not your body and your mind, like, I don't even see how that's a spiritual direction. Like, even though you're against that, that's not like, that's material, I mean, in a sense, that's like material knowledge. It's, it's, it's material science, sense. but they don't accept that level of science. No, well. You know, they, they just don't accept that. This is, if you, long as you go past, I, you're the body, this world is your home, and this is how it works with chemistry and physics and this and that. If you go past any of that, then you're in violation. You know, you can't do it. And it didn't used to be like that. I mean, I can remember in Hawaii back in 70, early 70, 72, 71, 73, 4, 6, whatever. I personally, who had been you know, fortunate enough to receive this information from my spiritual master, was allowed to go into a public high school and I could go into the classroom and give a full presentation on meditation or identity, talk about these exact things, and I would be invited by the teachers to come. Can you come and speak to, you know, my class about some of these things? And, you know, at that time, you know, I would go in and I would remove most of the things from the teacher's desk and I'd sit on the desk cross-legged and give the lecture, you know. And uh, 
the students would listen and the teacher would be part of the audience. She'd sit there and listen. And when it was over, they'd ask questions and she'd thank me very much. Okay, we want to have you come back next year, you know. Wow. But that quickly went away, you know. In the late 70s and early 80s, they started passing rules that you can't I do. I mean, this. just how good that is for the kids. Like, give them some perspective and, you know, trust that they're smart enough to like, be able to have the information and at least like be able to make a choice. Like, Yeah, and I wasn't trying to get them to join anything. I wasn't yeah. preaching some particular religion. I wasn't coming in there, you know, saying you should become a Christian. You got to join up or go to hell or, you know, I was just telling them the truth about who they were, you know, explaining you're not the body and, and, and the temporary nature of the world and, you know, how you as a spiritual person can't really get real satisfaction from the material sources. And, I mean, it was just, it wasn't anything to do with, you know, I'm a Christian and you got to become like me or go to hell. It wasn't anything like that, you know, but now you can't do it. it I mean, it was... Long ago, they they stopped that. So you couldn't use any public facilities like libraries and stuff if they thought it was anything to do with religion, you know, because the government didn't want any religious presentations in government property. Schools, libraries, whatever, whatever, you know, auditoriums, anywhere. Secular Mm -hmm. society. Yeah. Secular society. All right, so human life is means been alive. Due, due to bad system of education. Yeah, for by which he can return to God at his eternal home. But due to a bad system of education, men have no desire for self-realization. See, we've we've killed the even desire for self-realization, because hedonism, materialism, and that being the priority in life actually kills the desire for self-realization. You know, it's just like, you know, certain things kill your health. You know, you can't be healthy if you're doing certain things. Well, these things actually put us completely under the influence of modes of passion and ignorance. And and the desire for self-realization is normally, you know, a result of the influence of the mode of goodness. So that's been covered up. So we don't even want to do it. We don't even have any interest in it, you know. And so you're not going to do those things that you're not interested in, you know, if you have no desire. Even so, they have no desire for self-realization. Even if they come to know about it, they unfortunately become victims of misguided teachers. In other words, even if they have some desire for self-realization, There's so many misguided teachers out there to misguide them. I mean, they don't have the the full understanding and and picture either. So, okay, I go to a spiritual teacher because I'm interested, but they misguide me. So, therefore, I'm still not getting what I'm supposed to get. I can't be successful, you know, under under a misguided teacher. Hmm? Hmm. Uh, you probably will think that there are no misguided teachers out there. Yeah. In this age, men are not only victims of different political creeds and parties, but also of many different types of sense gratificatory diversions. 
namely cinemas, sports, gambling, clubs, mundane libraries, bad associations, smoking, drinking, cheating, pilfering, bickerings, and so on. So these sense gratificatory diversions become everything, you know. People spend their whole time and energy in these pursuits, you know, of sense gratification. And, and that's, I mean, because someone might read this like cinema, sports, is that, but you're like putting all your energy in that, that's, that might be diversion. And, and you know, people know that, that cinemas actually have a big influence on you. You know, I mean, they have a very, and so the even the quality of the cinemas has gone down. You know, of what's being shown, and, and you you get influenced in a negative way. If you're, we're talking about for spiritual realizations here. We got to understand what we're referring to here. You know, they're basically not giving us a message that we need to receive to make any kind of spiritual growth. You know, they're teaching us this world is, you know, a, a wonderful place, or, or now it's just mainly gone toward val uh, violence. You know, the, the, the main thing is these action films, which are just filled with violence, and so that affects people too. You know, there's more violence now than ever before, just in society. I'm not talking about wars between nations and all that, but just on the street, you know, because people are so overwhelmed with the violence that is going into their minds and through their eyes and their ears. And so, you know, there's more shootings. Like in America, it's crazy, the, the mass shootings. You know, in, in the first part of April in America, in two weeks, there was 50 mass shootings, 50. And a mass shooting is a shooting that involves four or more people that were injured or killed. 50 in two weeks. Well, there's something wrong here in the consciousness of people, you know. And many times these mass shooters, they just go at random into some shopping center, some school, some, you know, business, some crowded place, and just start killing people. And normally they kill themselves in the end. You know, either they get killed by the police or they just turn the weapon on himself and kill themselves, see. So there's something wrong here in the psyche. We're talking about weak psyche. I mean, this is obviously an example of that. Well, you know, it's every year it's getting worse and worse. Things are progressing very quickly. You know, when I grew up, I never even heard of a mass shooting. Never, there was no such thing, you know, when I was young. And, you know, there was no such thing as all these fearful events, the tragic events. You know, you could go out, parents didn't worry about their kid going to school that somebody's going to kidnap them on the way, you know, and molest them and whatever, whatever. Well, the kids could go out and play all day, come home in the evening. Parents weren't sitting there, where have you been? I was getting ready to call the police, you know. They just knew they were fine out there doing whatever they were doing, you know, and then they came home. And now parents have to escort their kids to school, exactly. afraid they'll, they won't get to school or they won't get home, you know. So anyway, 
that's that's what we got, you know, from all this influence and the computer games, you know, all these games that the kids are playing, you know, it's just killing games, most of them, that they're most popular, you know, street scenes and chasing each other through streets and alleys and, you know, to see who can kill the other one first or how many can you kill according to your, your opponent, how many of your guys can he kill and then you got to score and... You know, so kids grow up with this from the time they're, you know, babies almost. And it's got to affect the psyche in a, in a very negative way, see. So victims of political creeds and parties, of course, that's a big thing, isn't it? The political conflicts. And, you know, we got protests all over the place now. You know, in so many countries, I was just looking at the news one day, so many different countries people were protesting. Different reasons, they're protesting one thing, another country's protesting another thing. You know, the lockdowns, the political situation, the thing that was just passed, this race issue or whatever, whatever. But, you know, it was just war in the streets, chaos in the streets, violence, angry people throw in Molotov cocktails and bricks and the police shooting rubber bullets and, you know, concussion grenades and water cannons. And this is Kali Yuga. This is Kali Yuga stuff, you know. I, I can tell you when I was growing up, I did, it wasn't even heard of. You know, I mean, there was no such thing happening. But now it's like every day. It's, it's every day in many different places. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so we got all these diversions, right? Parties and so on. But also of many different types of things, like we said, bad association, smoking, drinking. I mean, that's common. Who doesn't smoke and drink? A lot of people kind of quit smoking now. That's good. But drinking is, you know, if you don't drink, it's like, what's wrong with you? You don't drink, you know? I mean, why not? It's just socially a part of life. Drinking, cheating, you know, that's a cheating propensity in humans anyway, and everybody's involved. Quarrelings, bickerings, pilfering, and so on. The minds are always disturbed and full of anxieties due to so many different engagements. Ooh, I may have to take a break for a minute, Ruben. <laughs> Got to... <laughs> I got a situation going on. I'll be right back. No problem. <laughs> I'll tell you. Okay, so we can go back. Yeah, I had a, I had cut my leg the other day and it got infected. So I had, I'm on antibiotics and they just cleaning my clock, man. I'm telling you. Oh, jeez. It's like for the last three days, I've just been. Spending a lot of time up there on the throne, <laughs> and it's it's no it's no stopping it. I mean, it's not like you can just wait a while. When it comes down, you better be going, or you're gonna just be in trouble. And it's it's not like any advance warning. It's just like okay, no, here no. you go, and and you got to start running. <laughs> it's, I never I never actually had it like that. Okay, so let's continue. Their minds are always disturbed and full of anxieties due to so many different engagements. 
In this age, many unscrupulous men manufacture their own religious faiths, which are not based on any revealed scriptures. And very often, people who are addicted to sense gratification are attracted by such institutions. Consequently, in the name of religion, so many sinful acts are being carried on, and the people in general have neither peace of mind nor health of body. So, like we were saying, you know, misguided teachers, unscrupulous so-called teachers and religious authorities, you know, not basing anything on revealed scriptures, but on their own whims or whatever, are misguiding people. And people are attracted to that if, if that's what they want, that's what they get. You know, but it's unfortunate because, you know, they get misled in the name it's of like, religion. And their whole idea of religion gets tainted by that. Like, Yeah, so people think that's what religion is. Consequently, in the name of religion, so many sinful acts are being carried on. And the people in general have neither peace of mind nor health of body. See, so they're the ones who suffer. You know, the, yeah. The student brahmachari communities are no longer maintained. In the Vedic system, the students were spiritual students. They learned material knowledge, you know, the academics they needed, but it was all based on a spiritual basis, you see, and, and that was the, what you needed to do your material duties, so to speak, and activities and so on, but it was all on a spiritual understanding of who you are, what the goal in life is, Cetera. That was that was what they were. They called brahmacharis or spiritual students. Mm-hmm. So they're no longer being maintained. And householders—that means people who are married—do not observe the rules and regulations of the grihastha ashrama. See, in the Vedic system, if you wanted to have a wife, no problem. You want to have a family, no problem. But there were rules and regulations, so it would be a spiritual household. You know, and and the members of that family would advance spiritually. It's called the Grihastra Ashrama. But again, that's not being maintained. They don't observe these rules and regulations. Consequently, the so-called Vanapras and Sannyas who come out of such Grihastha Ashrams are easily deviated from the rigid path. You know, the, the whole Vedic system is for spiritual advancement. You know, so first you're a student, and you learn, you know, the truth, and you learn to control your senses, etc. Then you can get married after the age of 20 or 25, or, you see, growing up years of student life, spiritual student. Mm. Then if you want, you can become married and have a family, but now you're a qualified husband because you have spiritual knowledge, you've learned to control your senses, there's rules and regulations, so the whole family can make spiritual advancement, which you not only can follow, but want to follow because that's your desire for your family and for yourself, spiritual well-being, and so on. And then after, in the later stages of life, a person retires from household life, family life, and takes up a life of, again, more f- absolute focus on spiritual perfection called vana pras, 
And then the renounced order of life in the, the later years when one is qualified and, and he's no longer, you know, involved in, you know, the, the material scene. He's renounced those things. And they're like, you know, the, they're called sannyasis or the renounced people. And then they, you know, are fully prepared for, for death when they have to leave the body. They've spent their entire life preparing for it. And now they're on a high level of spiritual attainment and achievement, and they go back to the spiritual world, the real home. See, it was a progression through life to make it so you were successful as a human in this life and can return to the spiritual world. That's the whole point of human life, see. But now none of that is actually being carried on properly, if carried on at all. In the West, it's not carried on at all. Still a semblance of it in India, but as as it just refers to here, it's, you know, a, a substandard uh, level that's being done. They're not, uh, they're not properly uh, following these rules and regulations of the different statuses of life. Mm. See, they deviate from the rigid path. In the Kali Yuga, the whole atmosphere is surcharged with faithlessness. No, no faithfulness. They don't believe in scriptures. They don't believe in the spiritual masters. They don't believe in the goal in life. They don't believe in whatever, you know. What did John Lennon say in one of his songs? I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Krishna. I don't believe in this thing, that thing. I believe in me, you know. That was, that was his uh, conclusion. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, this is Kali Yuga. This is how it is in Kali Yuga. Mm. Uh, men are no longer interested in spiritual values. Material sense gratification is now the standard of civilization. And I think we can certainly see that. For the main tenets of such material civilization... Man has formed complex nations and communities, and there is a constant strain of hot and cold wars between these different groups. These wars and, and so on, it comes out of, this is the fruit of all this, you know, materialistic, sense gratificatory, hedonistic lifestyle. The fruit is exactly what it says, constant strain of hot and cold wars between these two groups. It has become very difficult, therefore, to raise the spiritual standard due to the present distorted values of human society. Hard to raise the standard. The standard is going down, 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 down. Exactly. You know? The sages of Naimashiranya are anxious to disentangle all fallen souls. And here they are seeking the remedy from Srila's Sutta Goswami. So Sutta Goswami was the realized uh, person speaking to these sages who had assembled. What are we going to do to help the people in Kali Yuga? This, this, remember, this was the original question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay, Kali Yuga is here. How are we going to help these people not become victims of Kali Yuga? You know, how are we going to stop them from all the suffering and, you know, destroying of the human form of life and, you know, missing you know, all the opportunities that they have. What are we going to do to help them? And this was 
their concern, their mercy, their care for humanity at large. You know? And so they're having this discussion and the, uh, the, the teacher of the group, so to speak, the sages was uh, Sutta Goswami, who was a realized master. So that's, that's you know, Kali you. <laughs> and I was just going to, I mean, maybe this is just like, and maybe this is like a continuation because I guess we're a little bit short of time, but I guess next time we can go to like his, <laughs> his answer. I feel that's a natural like part that we're. Yeah, we need to know what to do, you know. I mean, here we are. Exactly. We're here exactly. in the middle of all of this. And it would be difficult for someone to deny it. I mean, if if you look at the present situation, you can see all these things playing out. So we need an answer. We need to know what to do as an individual. You know, we're not going to be able to go out and change the society in general you know, and okay, everybody's going to stop doing this. But as an individual, I can make an individual choice to change what I do with my life, you know. And that that's the point of education. You know, it's all individual. It's not a group thing. You know, if a group of people that are individually doing this come together as a group, that's great. But just joining a group is not going to do it. You know, it's an individual choice, it's an individual endeavor, it's an individual realization, and it's an individual achievement. So, And it's possible to cultivate the desire, because again, I just came back to what you said, like the, the, the desire is being killed by, <laughs> by this age, but it's possible to... Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't possible, they wouldn't be there discussing it. You know, and if it wasn't possible, the Supreme Lord wouldn't be the all-merciful Supreme Lord who is totally in control and would and he wouldn't have given all these directions if they didn't work. Exactly, exactly. You know, and why is he caring for us? Because he loves us. You know, he's the eternal Supreme Father and we're all his children. And there's no more of a loving, perfect father than the Supreme Person, you know, so... Yeah, do we want to be good kids or we want to just turn our back and and be the recipients of, you know, the misuse and exploitation and misdirection and suffering that comes from it, you know. So it's our choice. You know, we have the option every moment of every day. Hmm. Yeah, like you say, we're short of time. I got to uh, get on to the next program, but we will uh, end with our sankirtan as always. You know, this is this is necessary, really. <laughs> and, and that's that's. Uh, I mean, may, maybe we can end with that quote from. I I was, you know, I had this idea in my mind where I can mention this quote of, of this Haranama quote, which is a perfect, <laughs> maybe a. Yeah. Maybe a... Yeah. There's a, a quote that Lord Goranga. We will chant Lord Goranga's name here in just a moment. But he quoted this often from. Uh, a scripture that was written 3,000 years previously to his appearance called the Brihan Naradiya Purana. And the, the Sanskrit word is Harinama, 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 Eva Kevalam, Kalo Nasteva, 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 Gatiranyatha. And this means Harinama, 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 in the, the names of God, the names of God, the names of God, are the only way, the only way, the only way to achieve 
spiritual realization in this age of Kali Yuga. See, this is the process for the Kali Yuga. We'll talk about that next time. You know, different ages have different processes. You know, which is very interesting. So, and that that's a good thing because now we've introduced you to the four yugas. You know, exactly. and each one comes with its own. Uh, method of, of realization for the people living in that age. Mm. Okay, so we will chant Harinama, Harinama, Harinama. God's name is the mantras. That's for anyone who is... Yeah, that means the name. The, the mantra is Goranga Haribo. We chant it every time simply because it's simple, it's easy. You know, and if you try to, you know, give people too many things, it confuses them. So we just keep it simple. Oh, Ranga. Everybody. Oh, Ranga, Ranga, 
Yeah, so that's Sankraton, you know, very wonderful. We'll maybe next time talk about this idea. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you very much, Ruben, for once again being the host. Thank you. I mean, I thank you so much for explaining all of this to us, these things and about the... Uh, about the... Yeah, I have to say it was brief explanation. <laughs> You know, in such a short period of time, it's a lot to cover. But just to give people a general idea, you know, to hear the other side of the story. Mm. You know, I know for myself personally, I, I only knew one side. I definitely didn't know the other side, you know. And, but when I heard the other side, you know, it was very, very attractive to me. There's, there's more than what was going on, you know, so... Yeah, some people will 
be attracted and most will not. But if we don't present it, then how are you going to hear it? You know, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Yeah, that's right. And everybody's looking for freedom. <laughs> so true. But this is true freedom. <laughs> this is the real one. <laughs> so look for freedom. Join us for next week. And <laughs> thank you very much for tuning in. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much again, Ruben. And hi, Bo, to Lynn and Frank and Jana and the guys, whoever's there. Yeah, and, um, I'm sure they're saying hi to as well. You know, Are they going back soon? They're going back on Friday. Two guys went home Sunday, the rest three on Friday. So you can have some retreat here. Have a good good time. Thank you, Good to see you. Namaste. Haribo. And uh, that's the end of this episode. We'll uh, soon post uh, the second part of this series, which will be about how to prepare then for winter, how to prepare for Kali Yuga, what to do and how we can and get the best out of this time period and, and survive in this way. So uh, if you'd like to get email updates, be sure to subscribe to those on our website. If you want to make mini donations to us to help us run the podcast, go to Patreon. All of the information available on breakingtrail.life. So uh, I hope to see you very soon again. Thank you for listening in today, really. And uh, make sure to stay true to yourself. Dare to break trail.